Aloha and welcome to Mom Interrupted. This is a podcast where you can find all those conversations you never got to quite finish. The aim of this podcast is to bring you a wide variety of healing modalities and wisdom from special guests as well as myself. The point of all of this is so we can continue to grow and heal and discover all different parts of ourselves while showing up as an attached and committed parent. I want to show my listeners that you don't have to lose yourself to be the best mom. It actually helps to continue to find yourself. I'm Courtney, your host. I'm the mom of five amazing children, as well as an intuitive parenting coach and a health and wellness advocate. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Mom Interrupted. I am so happy to have you guys here today, and I have a very inspiring and exciting guest. I came across him and his mission, and I knew that he was someone I had to talk to. So today with me, I have Mr. Greg, and he has a whole program called the Kindergarten Smorgasbord, and it is... It's really about making learning fun again, and that's why I just had to talk to him because we've turned school into a business, right? We've taken so much of the joy and excitement of learning and made it about, you know, test scores or all the things, and so I wanted to talk to him because when I saw how fun he makes the concept of learning, I wanted to share that with you, my listeners, so... Mr. Greg, why don't you hop on and tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got here, and all the fun in between bits. (laughs) Yeah, so hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Greg Smedley Warren. I am a kindergarten teacher. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and so that's where I teach. I teach here in Nashville. So I always have to tell the story of how I got to kindergarten because it was not anything that I wanted. It was never on my radar It was never a goal of mine. Kindergarten was my no-go, right? So like, I'm like, I'll teach, you know, elementary school, but kindergarten is is no, I'm out. So I I had been in my school for a couple of years teaching second grade, which I loved. I loved second grade. It was such a great year and, uh, you know, great age. They're more independent, but you can still have great conversations with them. And so it was just a, a great, great age. And I loved it. So I had planned to stay in second grade for a while. So after two years in second grade, we were winding up that school year and our principal called a faculty meeting after school, which is always fun. And we get to the faculty meeting and it turns out it really wasn't even a faculty meeting. It was some insurance salesman trying to get us to buy some insurance or something, um, which is exactly what you want to do after a long day at school. So the meeting wraps up. She closes all of the doors of our school library. She makes us line up single file. And as we're leaving, we're getting an envelope. And in the envelope, handwritten on this little bitty piece of paper, like this big, okay. was our job assignment for the next school year. So that's how we found out like what we were going to be teaching next year, right? And so as it took about three or four people to start the line to figure out what was happening. So everybody's hanging out in the library 
waiting to see what their new job assignment will be. And I said to the people in line with me, I said, if it's kindergarten or fourth grade, I will quit and go to McDonald's. Like, not doing it. So I get up there, I open my, my envelope. And of course it says that I'm being moved to kindergarten. And so I read that everybody was reading their job assignment out loud. So I read it out loud and I turned to look at the library full of colleagues and they all had this look of, of just shock on their face. And I was like, oh my God, this is a nightmare. And so I did what all grown up men do at the age of 31. Uh, I got in the car and I called my mommy and I cried. <laughs> the best part of the best part about this story um, is I got my mom on the phone. I was like, mom, guess who the new kindergarten teacher is? And she says, who? And I said, me. And this is what I heard from my mom. <laughs> Silence. And I was like, what? I'm like, okay, if mom's not excited and encouraging, we're in big trouble. Um, but that first year of kindergarten, um, 12 years ago, I fell in love and I knew that that's where I belonged. Um, and that was my, and so thankfully in her own unique way, that principal forced me yeah. to find my passion and my calling. Um, and at the end of that first year of kindergarten, I met with her cause I was, I was very against the move at first. And so when I met with her at the end of that first year of kindergarten, she said, you know, she said, I know you, you pushed me for a reason at the beginning. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't give you a reason. She said, but the reason I wanted you to go to kindergarten was because you're so creative and you're so fun that I knew you could take our kindergarten program and flip it upside down. And she said, that's exactly what you did and more. And she said, that's why I put you in kindergarten because I knew you could do amazing things in, in kindergarten. Um, and so that's what I've been trying to do for 12 years is, is to turn kindergarten upside down and, and make it as fun as possible. And so that's how I ended up in kindergarten and started this journey uh, as a kindergarten teacher. And with our blog, the Kindergarten Smorgasbord, that's, that's where it all came from. I love it. I, first of all, I, I think there's a, a complete lack of men, especially in like kindergarten. And I know that had to be your Absolutely. initial reaction. Like kids leave home, they're used to being attached to their mom and another female there is, you know, nice. But God, for those little boys that get to experience a male kindergarten teacher and those little girls for that matter, it is such a gift. And it's so beautiful that, that your principal recognized your gifts of taking it and making it fun and being able to like implement, you know, out of the box ideas and just really work with the kids in that manner. So God, she gave you such a gift and the children you work with such a gift. Yeah. So I think statistically one to 2% of all kindergarten teachers are male. Wow. Um, so it's a, a ridiculously no, low number. Um, and I, I hope every day that when other guys, other men see me mm -hmm. as a kindergarten teacher, that it shows them that, that they can do it as well and that you can be very, very successful um, as a male kindergarten teacher. And you're right. Our, our, our kids need that. They yeah. need to see men doing whatever jobs they love. And so, you know, teaching itself is predominantly a female profession um, and especially early childhood. And yeah. so it's so good for, for our kids to see that. But also in so many of our schools, our kids don't always have a, a male role model in their life. And so it, it fills a, a need that, that so many of our students have. And so um, it's something that I, I definitely appreciate. Um, and I definitely um, respect that and, and try every day to, to, to be the best role model that I can for, for my kids.
And I love that because as opposed to like, you're the start of their learning journey, right? And you're a role model. So it's like a super powerful position that you have. And I can (laughs) see the joy that you radiate. So obviously you're not abusing your power, but like that ability for them to go up to second, third grade and still turn around and Mr. Greg, I'm having a hard time and remembering the connection they had with you. And just, I mean, all of that is just so special. Um, I'd love to hear some of the ways that you initially and then have continued on over this 12 years, taken that kindergarten and turned it upside down and made it the like spectacular thing that you have now. So it it really started this year because I, and you know, I I went into kindergarten having no clue what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, I had an amazing coworker who I'm, we're still coworkers. We've, we've moved to, we're now in our third school together. Um, and she'd been teaching kindergarten for years. And so, you know, she, she really like talked me off the ledge, um, that whole summer leading up to kindergarten <laughs> that first year. And I, I went into it with this idea that I had no idea what kindergarten was supposed to be like. like yes, we have standards. Yes, we have a curriculum. Um, we, we've got things we were supposed to do. We have to do, we've got mandates, mm-hmm. but other, other than that, I had no idea what it should do, what we should do, what, how it should look, what it should sound like. And so I decided I was just going to have fun Mm -hmm. and I was going to do whatever I wanted to do. And if it worked great. And if it didn't, oh, well, we try something new the next day. And so that was my mindset that first year. And so I started doing, um, every Friday we started having, um, cooking class and, or making snacks in the classroom. And 12 years in, we still do foodie fun Friday. Yeah. And the kids love that. And there, there's so much learning that happens, but it's also such a great bonding experience. Same with costumes. I started that first year. I wore a couple of made up, you know, these little bitty costumes that I could wear for a lesson. The kids loved it. They were so engaged. Um, and now that's something that I'm, I'm, I do all the time. <laughs> I've got tubs and tubs full of costumes that I use in my classroom. And I'm always looking for new ways to, to dress up. Um, and that also goes back to my mom, who Halloween was her, her favorite holiday. And so that's, that's where a part of that came from, I think, is, is my way of, of bringing her spirit into my classroom. Um, and so, and that first year, my kids love to do art projects. And so I made sure that at least three times a week, three out of five days a week, we did an art project. Um, and that wasn't something that anyone else in my building was doing because we weren't supposed to do that, right? right? Like, you're not, you don't have time for that in the classroom. Um, and so, but we did it cause I, I didn't know any better. I knew that kids loved art. I loved art. We were going to do art projects and that's continues now. And so, so much of what, what goes on in my classroom really came about that first year because I had no idea what I was doing. And so I thought, what the heck, I'm just going to do what I want to do, go as crazy as I want and we'll, we'll see what happens. And that's where it came from. And now that's, that's my motto all the time is like, I'm just going to do what I've, what, what, what the kids would want, what's right for the kids. And if it works great, if it doesn't, we'll figure something else out. And so I just take the risk and we see what happens. And what a cool um, way of being to model to the children that you're working with that. It's like, Mr. Greg had this great idea and it didn't work out so great. And now Mr. Greg has a different one or he had an idea and he did it and it did work out great. But I think we've created like all these parameters that our kids are like get scared to make mistakes because we as adults seem perfect or, you know, all the things. And so to have a space where you are like, oh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try it and I'm going to see what happens. And, and that's how I'm going to learn because really that's how we learn. And 
that's how our kids learn, you know? But then as we get adults, we forget. And then we're like, oh, we just got to get this stuff done. Oh, we don't have time for art. Oh, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for that. We're do- this is the way we do it. This is how it has to be done. Bop, 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 And right. yeah, that like open curiosity and excitement that you brought to that experience allowed you to just go and, and make it fun for yourself and the kids. And there's so much pressure with teaching um, mm-hmm. for us to, to not make mistakes, right. to not fail, to have great test scores, to have all the data. And there's so much pressure not to, to try things. And, and yeah, everybody says, oh, be innovative. But, but there's also so much pressure to not do any of that because we don't want to fail. We don't want to be seen as failures. And so, you know, hopefully that somebody will listen to this and, and think, oh, well, I'm going to try something new tomorrow. Um, and that's, that's, that's what I want with everything we share on social media at conferences at our elevate conferences that's that's what i share is like this is what goes on in my classroom this is what works this is what doesn't work and if if somebody walks away with one idea that they can take back to their classroom to make that classroom fun then it's all been worth it i love that and i i'm also like i know a lot of parents this year and i'm curious how your journey is this year too i don't know what it is going on in nashville for schooling but um <laughs> You know, so many parents here where I live in Hawaii and, um, you know, we're on a homeschool route right now. I have homeschooled my kids all the way up to high school. So I like I have a lot of fun working with them. And and what I realize is the amount of pressure even us as parents put on ourselves when like, oh, my first grader got all of this work they need to do. To, to, to like to turn into school and I get that the teacher is trying really hard to have parameters and all of that but I'm sorry I've been telling so many of my friends and other parents like if you have a second grade and under read to them every day cook with them make them do chores do math count your windows talk count your doors them. talk to them totally like, like we have so we have a 17 month old daughter and like we talk to her all the time and we I know we sound crazy because I'm like Adeline Daddy's opening the cabinet to get out a bowl. Now daddy's getting the cereal out of the pantry. And look, I'm poor. Like that's, that's how they build language and they learn. And that's how they understand the world. And like, just when parents, same thing, when parents are like, what can we do at home? I'm like, read to them and talk to them. Like have conversations with them. Talk to them about what you're doing. It's, yeah. It's, it's that easy. It is that easy. And I think like, a lot of parents are even scared of that. Like we've built this dynamic in the United States where your kids probably go to preschool, then they go to kindergarten, and then and you've put that in somebody else's in, in basket, and that's totally okay. There's amazing teachers like you out there that can right. hold space for that. But it's also like we've forgotten how to be in our home with our kids, and that's a lot of what comes up for people. And it's like, well, start incorporating your child into your home. Make, give them responsibilities right. so they feel like they're an integral part of it. Have a conversation about it. And if you got this stack of worksheets, but you read something and you get to have like an eye-opening, mind-opening conversation with your child about the concepts and then how you looked at it. And then and you can dive deep into that. Forget about all the other work that you were supposed to get done with them that day because that conversation, they're going to remember that forever. Right. And, you know, in, in this current situation, yeah. I've... I tell the parents of my students all the time, just do what you can do. Right. And if you can't get it all done, it's okay. Just do the best you can. And that's, that's what we're all trying to do right yeah. now. I'm a, we're a hundred percent virtual okay. right now. And so I'm, I'm teaching my kids um, from my room on a screen. This is, this is my life right now with, with kindergarten. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I went into it this, with that same mindset is nobody knows what this is supposed to look like or sound like. And so I'm going to do what I'm going to do. and I'm going to make this work. And I said, when my district in July announced that we were going to be virtual to start the school year, my immediate decision was to give my kids the most normal kindergarten experience that I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And so everything as much as possible, if I would do it in my classroom with the kids, I'm doing it virtually. And so we start the year with ABC boot camp. We did it virtually. They knocked it out of the park. We do mad science um, lessons every Thursday and Friday in our classroom where the kids do hands-on science experiments. We're doing it virtually. We have dance parties every day. We celebrate the end of every school day with a dance party. We're doing it virtually. And so I, I want those two hours that I'm with my kids live, I want it to be the most fun two hours that I can give them. And I want them to have the most kindergarten experience that they can get. Um, and so that's kind of how we're approaching it. And I'm telling the parents that two hours of live teaching is what matters. The rest of the stuff, if you get it done, great. If you don't, great. Don't worry about it. I've got them in that two hours. We've made tons of progress. I, can, I know they're learning in that two hours. The rest of it, do what you can do, but don't stress it. I love that because then you're not like <clears throat> robbing that quality time that parents can actually have with their children because like we're also list orientated, right? We're also like, you got to get it done, get it done. And then you miss out on so much when you're just looking at the list. So I love that you're like this two hours, like we're going to make it fun. My kid's not going to be like, oh God, you know, I'm going to infuse as much as my energy as possible into the experience and make it exciting because that's my biggest fear with this year is Already, we've taken a lot of the fun out of most kindergartens, like already that with like, I don't know, I know I'm dating myself because I'm old and I just turned 40. But like, <laughs> when I went to kindergarten, Wait, 40. <laughs> I'm 42. So I'm old. I'm two years older. All right. All right. So we're young. But you know, so when you went right, to we're kindergarten, young, we're young. you didn't have to read, right? It, you didn't weren't expected to read when you entered kindergarten and then be like on chapter no. books by the time you left. And kindergarten was about learning how to share, learning how to work in a group, learning, you know, you're learning to love to learn. And I right. think that we've raw, we've taken in most classrooms, you know, the pressure that the state puts on or all of those criteria that we have to meet, we're kind of skipping the step of loving to learn to learn, you know, right. and like, and then if that's missing in kindergarten, is it going to happen as we go up? No. Right. And that's what I want. Like, I want my kids to, to love to be in my classroom. I want them to love to come to school every day. And so that's, if, if nothing else, if, if they're having fun and they're happy, that's all that matters. You know, this, you're right. The fun has been completely sucked out of our classrooms. And as, as educators and, and advocates for children, we need to stop it. We need to rise up. We need to use our voice. We need to use our classrooms. And we need to make sure that the fun is brought back into our classrooms because that's what's right for our kids. That's what's best for our kids. And this idea that, lear that learning and fun are mutually exclusive is ridiculous. We have a, I, I describe it as a, a party most days in our classroom. It is nonstop movement and fun and laughter. And we're, we're, we're having a blast. And at the end of the year, we meet every benchmark and every standard that's put in front of us. We knock our assessments out of the park. 
My kids are reading at grade level or higher. They go on to first grade and beyond, and they're very successful. And at, at no point in that year did we stop having fun. And so the more fun we're having, the more they're learning. And so I challenge all teachers to stand up and say, enough is enough, and I'm bringing the fun back into my classroom because that's what's best for my kids. Oh my God, I love it. You're preaching to preaching to me. Like this is exactly how I feel, you know? And I homeschool my kids because we used to live remotely and it wasn't really an option to get to school. And then we moved to town and it was like, I could send them to school. And so, and like, yeah, they, you know, they'd be with kids their age all day and all the things. But like, I like to be around my kids a lot and I like right. to like have them learn. And then the flip side of that is like, realistically, it's two hours of like focused learning. And then it's a day of, gardening and tree climbing and baking lunch and prepping for dinner and like making them a part of the family. And I realized that is not everybody's reality, but right now it is everybody's reality. Right. So like right. pretty this, much it is. Yeah. Um, so this is the time we as parents and educators have a little bit of leverage on our side to say like, what do we want to see? Because truly if my kid can't memorize the capital of every African country that changes at a million times, but they love to learn about what they want to learn about, which is the like the sweet spot of homeschooling. Like, you know, if your kid loves to learn about fishing, you can be science, math, reading, writing, all focused on that subject. And I get that that is some leverage we have. But I think teachers yeah. forget. They forget what it's like to be a like, as you were saying, you move, move, move all day. I'm like, no crap, because a kindergarten classroom, if you're not in a move, move, moving all day, they're sitting in their chair moving. <laughs> you know, it's so much right. harder. Yeah. And, you know, like, I love what you said about, like, taking their interest in, and learning from that. And that's what we're doing in our classroom. So, like, we're, we're actually coming back in person October 13th. Oh, nice. And so I'm like, okay, we're coming back. Y'all, this is going to be the best year ever. Because I haven't had kids in my classroom since March. And so yeah. I'm like, we're going all out this year. <laughs> and so I'm like, these kids better be prepared. And so when we come back, we always do, in October, we do pumpkins, bats, and spiders. And I always let the kids decide, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to do pumpkins? Do you want to do bats? Do you want to do spiders? And then we go from there. And so while as a classroom teacher, we, we definitely are more limited right. on where we can go and what we can do. But there's, we also still have some, some room to, to bring in their interest yeah. and to, to build on what they like. And so if they want to learn about bats, we can learn about bats. And I can meet every standard that nice. my district throws at me with bats. Yeah. And so, and yes, is it more work? Is it more effort? Absolutely it is. But it pays off in the end because the kids are having fun. They're loving what they're doing, which means they're more engaged. You're going to have less behavior problems and you're going to learn a lot more. And that's what it's all about. Totally. And I love how you were saying that because, yeah, the initial work that you put in at the beginning, creating custom lesson plans and all of that, right, that's some work. But their engagement with the lesson takes a lot of that annoying work of like, sit down, listen, pay attention, right. all the things because they're like, wow, we and also like, I love it when we give our kids 
places to use their voice and experience a little bit of empowerment. And and we can guide them in such a beautiful way when we show them, like, we listen to you, we hear you, you have an opinion and we want to help you. Now, does it always work out? No, but that's also another beautiful life lesson. Compromise, working together, all of these like true ways of being that you cannot grasp sitting at a desk, just like getting your work done, getting your work done, getting your work done. Then that interpersonal relationships, all of those like true life skills, we're just letting those fall through the cracks in school these days, right. like real life life skills. Right. And, and, it, and I get it. it it's, it, there's so much pressure oh, yeah. on us for, for the academics. And so I, I completely get it that it, it's so hard um, to, to do those things in the classroom, but it can be done. Right. And, you know, sometimes it can be done in big ways and, and so many times it's done in small ways. Like right now at the virtual setting, my kids start logging on every day. <laughs> One of my boys starts our live meeting like 10 minutes early. And so now <laughs> I've just gotten to the point where I know like 10 minutes, uh, 8.55, I better, better, I better jump late. on. <laughs> Jaden has started our meeting. Um, and it, what I love is even when I get on there late, the kids are on there talking. Like I pop on and like, they're just like talking to each other. Yeah. And that was one of my biggest fears about being virtual was that we wouldn't have those connections, right? right. They wouldn't bond with each other. They wouldn't talk to each other, but that's what they're doing. That's yeah. because that's what they want. They want to have their friends. They want to talk to their friends. So they've got their toys. They're sharing their toys. They're talking about pets and what they're wearing and all the things that they would be doing in my classroom in the mornings. They're doing that. Um, and it just goes to show you how much our kids want that connection. And so we just have to give them the space. So could I set it up so they couldn't start that meeting early? Absolutely. But why take that, that time away from them? Um, and it's the same way in in my classroom, people come in uh, so many times in our classroom and I have to tell adults, like my kids aren't rude. They're not ignoring you. They just don't care that you're here. Right. Like they're doing what they want to do. They're having fun. They're busy. They're, they're engaged. They're talking to each other. So they're probably going to ignore you. And that's okay because they're with their friends. They're talking to their friends. They're learning. And if you walk into my classroom, 99% of the time, all you will hear are my kids talking because that's what I want. Like, right. I don't want them to be quiet. I don't want me to be talking all the time. It's, I want them talking. Because that's how they learn, that's how they build language, and that's how they, they learn those life skills of, of talking and communicating and listening and problem solving and, and, and compromise and all of those things that we need to learn. We really do everything we need to know in life we learned in kindergarten. Yes. And that's what I'm wanting them to do. And so the, the less it, I can be there and the less the adults are there bothering them, the more that happens. I love that because you're creating a safe container for them to experience ways of communicating. Ooh, that wasn't received so well. Maybe next time I'll form it differently. But like, we need to have those experiences if we're really going to understand how our words affect other people, how we act affect other people. And the other thing that I love of what you were describing was you're creating a bonding within that group and it's a bonding around the love of what you're doing instead of the bonding of kids of, I hate school. School's the worst. It's, you know, like you're creating this super positive outlook that hopefully can be fostered as they go up, you know, but that's just such a beautiful place to start from. For most of my kids, it's their first experience 
in a classroom in yeah. school. And so I want it to be the best that it can be. And, you know, every day is not perfect. No day is perfect. Right. And not every day is a great day. And there are bad days. And I have bad days. The kids have bad days. But we always make sure to end it on that positive note. And that you're right, because I, I want them to carry that love of learning with them through college. Yeah. And so I, I hope that that's what I'm, I'm giving them. If it, nothing else. It sounds like it. I want to come to kindergarten in your classroom. <laughs> well, you and about a million other people based on all of the, the feedback that we've gotten from virtual learning. If I could just send out my, my virtual learning link every morning, I think we'd, we'd break the internet with how many people want to come. Like college kids and high school kids and <laughs> adults are like, I want to be in that class. And then, then you've got all the parents who are like, hey, can I send my kid to your virtual class? I was just thinking that I'm like, I, I got, I know of a couple kindergartners. One of them is mine that I'm like, Oh, but so do you, I know you have resources for parents and for teachers to kind of be able to create this themselves. Do you want to tell us a little bit about like how you came up with it? And I know you have conferences and like all kinds of amazing things to inspire people, which I just want to say thank you because talking to you is inspiring and it shows the possibilities out a little bit outside of the box and the more of us that can have that realization and really start to want this for our kids, that's when that change is going to happen. So tell us a little Absolutely. bit about the magic you get to share with people. <laughs> so um, when I, I had taught kindergarten for a couple of years and, you know, my, my coworkers and I, like we read teacher blogs and websites and my coworkers were like, you do like really fun, cool, different things in your classroom. Like you should start a, a blog. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know anything about a blog. Like nobody, who would want to read it? Like, I, whatever, nobody knows who I am. And so I talked about it to Jason, um, who most people might know him as the mister. Um, <laughs> so I, I talked about it and talked about it and I kind of let it go. And I talked about it and I, you know, it's like, oh, I wonder if I should do that. And he, I could tell he finally got annoyed with me one day. And he was like, would you just shut up and write a blog already? And so I literally sat down that day at my computer, came up with the, the name um, of, of the blog. And, and my first post was about being a male kindergarten teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it just, that was the birth of the kindergarten smorgasbord. And it, it just became what it is like this. None of this was ever planned. Like I wanted, I thought I'll write a blog post. I'll share what I'm doing in my classroom. My mom will read it. Um, <laughs> a couple of teachers you know, might read it and get an idea or two and it'll be great. And that's that. And so that's, that was where it came from. And so now it's become the kindergarten smorgasbord. And so we have our website, the kindergarten smorgasbord.com. Um, and there are like 1300 posts on there. So tons yeah. of content, um, videos. And then of course I started doing professional development. And now that it has evolved into us hosting our own conference called elevate. Um, and so it, it just became something bigger than I ever, ever, ever thought it would be. Um, and I, I you know, we, we, we have our online store at the tksstore.com where you can get resources and materials like ABC Bootcamp, mm -hmm. um, which I just finished with my class. We've got research projects that really engage the kids in, in learning, but higher order thinking, but in a very kindergarten fun yeah. way. Um, just tons of activities and games and stuff. So, and our, you know, you can go on YouTube and, and social media and watch our, our videos. You can watch me teaching. Um, and so, you know, it's, at the end of the day, I hope that the kindergarten smorgasbord has become, I think it, 
it's definitely a blessing mm-hmm. to, to know that, that what we're doing is helping others. And so, you know, I, I say it at every conference, at every workshop, every PD that I do. If you walk away from this with one idea that you can take back into your classroom to make your classroom more fun and to make it make that learning experience better for your kids, then I have been successful. Because at the end of the day, that's what I want. I want I want to make sure that I'm helping at least one teacher to do something to be better, to be better for their kids, to to be more comfortable, to be encouraged, to be inspired, to take risks and to think out of the box and to try something new. And so, you know, what started as as just a blog probably for my for my husband to get me to shut up. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hope I hope that it's become a blessing to to other teachers as much as it has become a blessing to us. I love that. And I just want to reflect that, like, it's so inspiring and exciting when you hear someone say, well, I just did this thing because it was joyful to me. And wow, it became so successful. And I think you're also showing that to your students. And it's something that gets like pushed out of so many of us to be like, follow something that brings you joy and see what happens. And I think this is such a beautiful example of you saying like, I love doing this and I don't know what's going to come out of it. And I'm not doing it to benefit myself. I'm actually doing it to benefit the greater picture out there. Um, And then that's why it is so successful because your intention and everything behind it is so beautiful and, um, and inspiring. And then I have a question when you do your elevate conferences, I wasn't sure. Do you only do kindergarten teachers or is this a broader thing? Okay, that's what yeah, I thought. It's, yeah, you know, it's the kindergarten smorgasbord because I teach kindergarten. Right. Um, but it, you know, we always say pre-K through second. Okay. Is our our really our target audience? But so much of what we do, I think, translates into other grades. When we talk about engagement and classroom management, um, those types of things, definitely. Um, virtual teaching has you know we've we've talked to a lot of teachers of older grades um, this year, um, and so definitely pre-K through second. Yeah. Um, is, is our, our target audience, right. um, but, you know, definitely applies to, to others as well. Um, and, you know, going back to the kindergarten smorgasbord and, and the joy, you know, we, we, we work, we put our heart and our soul and we work ourselves crazy with, with the kindergarten smorgasbord. Um, but we love it. Yeah. You know, I love it. Jason loves it. We love the, the relationships that we've built with, with our community um, because w- we share our lives, like we are an open book. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one reason that people are, are so drawn to us is that not only are, are we sharing teaching with you, but we share our lives with you. Um, and the kids, the kids are crazy about this because they, they understand very quickly every year, like every new group, it doesn't take them long to figure out that they're pretty famous. Right. <laughs> so like, like I will go like when it, you know, before COVID, when we were traveling and, and doing conference and stuff, people would, I would come back into the classroom after traveling and the kids would be like, um, did those teachers ask about us? Like, that's all they cared about. Like, they didn't want to know about me or where did I go? They were like, are those people asking about us? And so, you know, it, it's not only joy for us and a blessing for us, but it, it really is a joy and a blessing for my students and their families as well, because they get to be a part of this journey as well. Yeah, and I love how I'm um, like you were saying where it's your it's your home and your work and and I just want to really reflect to you how genuine 
it is. And that's where your success lies is like the genuine joy that you use when you speak about this and the genuine like just yeah, everything about it is you're not someone just trying to sell a curriculum or sell a way of being like, it's a lifestyle. It's who you are. And it's a joy in the world around you that more than ever is really important to give to all of our children in all grades and to really honor that like, they're all people and the world is changing quickly and we don't know what it's going to be like 20 years from now. So, so let's give them the life skills. Let's give them the joy of communicating, the joy of learning and the joy of, and knowing how to work together and be together and, and let's have some fun ourselves while we're at it. You know, like, let's not be so serious about everything. (laughs) Turn on some dance music and, and dance. Like I'm literally, I am in my classroom by myself every day. Dancing, and at the end of our our live class, because we're the kids are at home dancing too. But like here, I am, forty two year old man in a classroom <laughs> by himself dancing to try everything from Shakira every day. Um, and so, and it's hard for us. I think you know we, we get so worried about what people are going to think, and you know you just have to just have fun, especially now more than ever. I think right, like there's so much chaos and and stress and fear. Like when, if I can walk into that classroom and be on that screen for two hours with my kids and have fun. And when we come back in person, if I can, if we can come into the bubble and kind of leave that stuff behind for, for, you know, a few hours a day, then that's what we need to do because we all need to have more fun in our lives. Totally. And I can't help but think how impacting this has to be for our children, you know, who are who now go out into the world and see like a visual representation on people's faces of of death or of sickness or of fear or, you know, as much as we try our best, like the world changed very quickly. And the, and five and six is the age where they're figuring out they're a part of the bigger world and what's my place in it and their worldview switches and developmentally it's like it's huge and so to have these areas and these arenas where we can take that and we can come back to just having a good time and it's okay to laugh and it's okay to have fun and it's okay to be a kid yes that's so important and it you know you're it's so hard to hear the kids talk sometimes like today we're in you know we take breaks throughout our two hours of live teaching and and I used to like put everybody on mute go, and you know go do you know get a drink go to the bathroom mm-hmm. or whatever but now I just hang out there during that 10 minutes because it's the kids again we're just talking and mm-hmm. today one of my one of my students was talking um he brought me a, a cake for my birthday the other day and so I was telling her I was eating the cake and um she was like, oh, I love donuts. And we got to talking about swimming. And I said, you know, at the end of the year, at, we always have my, my kids come to my house for a pool party. And I said, so hopefully we'll get to do that this year. And she goes, you know, when this sickness goes away, there's so much that we're going to do. Oh. And it's like, like yeah. how, like, right? Like there's yeah. so much that we're, we all want to do. And, and then to hear the kids, you know, every day they're like, oh my gosh, we can't wait to be back in that classroom. Yeah. I'm so excited to come back to that classroom. And so- they're, they're, it, it definitely impacts them and, and to hear them to, to have those moments of, of life happening, yeah. right? Like they, wanna, they want the sickness to go away. They yeah. want to be in a classroom. They want to be with their friends. They want to go to Target. Um, right. And so it's, it's definitely impacting them. Um, and so 
again, they've got to have that space to talk about it. And that's something that I think will be a big part of our classroom when we come back in person, because we're all going to have masks on all day, right? So it's going to be something that that we're going to talk about. And so I know that that will be something that, that occupies a lot of our space is talking about those things. Right. And I also know that you're going to have the coolest masks in existence, probably in your classroom <laughs> anyway. You know, like elephants and puppy dogs. Uh, and all <laughs> Yeah. So right now, that's that's where we are right now. So October 13th, we, we come back in person. So I, I'm, I'm very busy trying to, to work out everything and, mm-hmm. and, and plan for their return. And, and um, you know, today I shared the, my plan with parents about this is, like today, what I, my communication to them was literally my cleaning plan for the day. Like right. this is my how I'm going to keep this classroom clean. And so, um, but we're not going to let we're not going to let this stop us. Right. And I, I see so many teachers on social media um, talking about well, in person just isn't what it. It's not normal, and it you know the kids can't do this and they can't do this. Right. But they may not be able to do this stuff, but we can do these things. Right. And we can make these things as as fun as possible. And so I vow, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to keep me and my kids safe mm-hmm. and so that we can keep our family safe. Um, but I'm also going to do everything in my power to make this, like I said earlier, the best yeah. year ever because right. the kids need it. I need it. Um, we've all been, it. you know, isolated since March. And so we're going to get in there and we're going to go all out on everything. Um, we're going to, we're going to stay safe. We're going to follow safety protocols, but I'm not going to stop having fun in that classroom when we come back. I love that because I, um, I have five kids and my biggest, like, I, you know, I was talking to somebody one time and I'm like, I just don't want to traumatize my kids ever, you know? And they're like, well, throw that out the window. Kids will have right. trauma, but you want them to right. be resilient. And what I hear you talking about is how can we cultivate this resiliency in my classroom, in our society, in the world at large, it is very different. But if we sit and go, oh, it's just, oh, and this, and this is gone. And oh, like, then we're taking that focus and we are getting narrow and we are re-traumatizing ourselves every time. But how do we have resilience in these situations? And how do we show our children how to be resilient? Because that's how it's all going to heal in the best way. Right. And you know, it's, it's, Teaching virtually for for nine weeks has been the hardest yeah. nine weeks of my teaching sure. career, by far. The hardest thing I've I've done as a teacher, um, and I know that being back in person this year is going to be one of the most challenging yeah. years of my right. career, just because of the the safety logistics protocols and, and all of it. And and so I, I I it's going to be hard, and it's going to require so much more work. Um, and and teachers, we work incredibly so hard already, and so this is this is just going to make it that much more difficult and that much harder, and we're going to be that much more exhausted. Um, and I know we we we're we're getting to the point where we just don't have anything else to give. Yeah. Um, but but you know, every day I'm gonna I'm gonna show up. Right. And I'm I'm gonna have that mask on, and I'm gonna have my little steamer, and I'm gonna steam that classroom, and we're going to dance and we're going to sing and we're going to do science experiments and we're going to make snacks and we're going to read and we're going to do art and we're going to have as much fun as we possibly can. Um, will that mean I have to work a lot harder? Yes. But that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm willing to do um, to make sure that my kids know 
that we can't let things get us down and that we, we, we can continue on. And even if it has to be different, we're, we're still going to keep going forward and we're, we're going to make the most of it. I love this. And I have loved this whole conversation, the energy that you bring. Those children are so blessed to know you. Um, but I also just really want to appreciate again that you share this message with the, with the wider world and with more people and you inspire that because, you know, like I know when I went to elementary school, I had the best elementary school in the world. I mean, it was K through six, 220 kids. And at that point, it was before No Child Left Behind and all that other stuff. And so in, we got to do maybe social studies all day and we made the food and we dressed up and we, you know, and, and we need those things again. We need these out of the box experiences and ideas for our kids to really love learning. I loved going for the first six years. You know, I loved going to school. It was, and it sounds like that's what you're creating for your children. And I hope that parents listen to this and they realize that like, Test scores are great and test scores are what one thing. But if your child wants to go to school every day, that is success. That is what we want for our future. All of these little change makers that want to go out there and, and do it and it's exciting and it's fun and they, they see people that are following their joy and doing things a little bit differently and, and that are honoring our children's joy because I know teaching is so hard and you're keeping all of these moving pieces, trying to keep them together. I mean, in kindergarten, it's basically herding cats, right? But like you found a system Man, to be like... every day. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But you found a system to make it fun and to make it interactive and to where they feel like they have a voice and, you know, a, a, a place in your classroom. And I think that the more that we can do that, you know, we all want the world to be different Then why are we keeping in a broken system, you know, not changing parts of it. If we all know it's broken, it doesn't serve anymore. Like let's have more dance parties at the end of class, you know, let's have amen, more amen. opportunities to shine. Right, let's have more <laughs> dance parties and more costumes and let's put, let's, you know, blow more stuff up in science. Like let's, let's just, and get, let's get messy and have some fun. Right. That's, right. that's what we need. Because life is hard and life is full of contrast, but really life is beautiful and fun. And if we're robbing that from our, you know, five, six, seven, eight year olds, like that's, that's not like, let's, let's make them still think it's fun and beautiful and all the aspects of it. And, and so thank you for everything that you do. And I will have all of your information in my show notes for any listener that wants to read your blog, follow you, get some <clears throat> supplies from you. Um, this was really fun. And I just, I, I love that your principal sent you to kindergarten. <laughs> Me too. Me too. It definitely changed my life. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I want to... I want to say this at the end is yes. I think we have to give um, and I, I've been trying to do this every time I get to talk to somebody is we have to give a shout out to families yeah. right now, because without, without the families, I couldn't do what I'm doing with virtual teaching. Mm -hmm. And so I know that, that families are, are doing their very best to support their kids and to make this, this work um, this year. And so I, I, you know, a huge, Shout out to all of the parents and families um, who are making this work and, and supporting teachers. 
Um, and also, you know, a shout out to all of the teachers mm-hmm. um, who are working harder now than ever um, and, and doing absolutely everything they can to, to make virtual learning, hybrid learning, in-person learning, to make it all work this year um, for the best of our kids. And so um, to the families and, and to the teachers, thank you. Um, we, we see you, we hear you, we feel you. Um, we're, we're in this together um, and, and know that you are, you are appreciated and you, you are inspiring us every day. And so thank you for all that you're doing. Um, keep up because what you're doing matters and what you're doing is, is impacting the lives of your children and your students every day. And so um, just thank you to everybody who's making this work. Oh, that is such a beautiful summation of it all because it is all the moving parts and we have to appreciate all of them and make them feel valid and seen and heard and, and understand that it's hard for everyone and everybody's doing everything to the best of their ability. And yeah, so much gratitude to those teachers that are trying to rewrite lesson plans and trying to figure out things and trying to keep their kids engaged and just, you know, pulling their hair out, looking for ways to make it all work. Um, and I think we that's definitely something beautiful to acknowledge because I know it's not easy. And every yes. teacher that's showing up and doing the best they can is, is really helping change children's lives and their family's yeah. lives in turn. So yeah, definitely a beautiful way to end this. And I just really appreciated this conversation. I, um, I just love what you're doing. And so I just thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and share your story. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have a beautiful rest of your evening. I guess it is where you are. It's still my day. Yeah. It's, it's almost <laughs> <my> time. <laughs> yeah go, what's your daughter's name again? Adeline Rose. Adeline. Go give her some love and hang out. Yes, I will. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Greg. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so much. Aloha. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. I appreciate your support. In order to build this community one beautiful mama at a time, I would love it if you could share with anyone you feel called to, like, and subscribe. It also wouldn't hurt to leave an amazing review. That way we can get this healing message out to as many moms as possible. If you'd like to know more about what I'm up to, check out my website, mominterrupted.net. Also, feel free to drop me a line with any questions or comments at paratoryc at gmail.com. Both of those links are in the show notes. Enjoy and have a beautiful day. Aloha.